Redline Radio is proud to partner with Growing Wings Adult Services, the proud sponsor of our state-of-the-art production studio. The team at Growing Wings has over seven years' experience of helping adults with disabilities in the Northeast Ohio area. If Lisa Summers and the team at Growing Wings can help your family, contact them at 234-334-7547 today. And mention that you heard all about Growing Wings right here on Redline Radio, LLC. Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Friday night. It is 8 o'clock. They are Psych Ward. You see it there on top. We ain't in the Growing Wing studio this week. No, no, no. We are here live in Spook Central. Sorry for anybody that was expecting the normal epicness that you get from me being in Spook or in uh, the Growing Wings Adult Services Studios. I'm just another freak show, But I had some things I had to take care of this weekend. I was just jamming to the psych ward. Shout out to those guys for letting me use Psycho America this week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the asylum. I am. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. You call the Ghostbusters because they in control. Lee, mother fucking money. And this episode is a very, very special episode. It's an episode that means the world to me. It means a lot to me. And so that's all we have. No crazy shit found on the Internet this week. However, this episode of Money's Crazy Mind is still proudly sponsored and brought to you by you see their name scrolling up at the top there right there tattoo therapy inc go see my boy riley today at tattoo therapy inc he will hook you up just let him know you heard about tattoo therapy inc right here on redline radio llc i put my hand through the logo but that's cool and money's crazy mind all right So let's uh, talk about why I wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about this week. All right. So there's a reason that we're doing the topic that we're doing this week. 
Um, some things have been happening recently in my personal life that got me thinking about some situations that happened to me in the past. And unfortunately, it also has caused some bad dreams um, and bad memories of things that happened in the past. So not only that, but some of the current issues that have been going on in our country with school shootings and things like that, it made me decide to open up the mind of Lee Money just a little bit more, the crazy mind of Lee Money, if you will, or even up there, it says Money's Crazy Mind. Um, so, it, you know, it, it just got me thinking about a couple of different things, and um, I am a victim of bullying. The way I look today is not the way I have always looked. I've done a lot of things to change my appearance, not because I wanted to or not because of any kind of vanity kind of thing or because I wasn't happy with the person I was in. I was always happy with the skin I was in. I changed my look because I never wanted certain things about my appearance to be the way my appearance was. And, you know, over the years, you know, I haven't had long hair. You know, my hair's actually been short uh, and spiky. Um, at some points in my life, you know, the beard was never, you know, fucking Wayne Static or ZZ Top style. You know, I, I've changed my appearance a lot of times over the years because of who I feel like I am at a certain time. And back when I was in high school, I didn't know who the hell I was. I didn't know what the hell I was, and I didn't know who I was trying to be. So a lot of things about my appearance was to put on a facade, to to make people think of me in a different way than I really am. And um, a lot of that had to do with the kind of music that I was listening to at the time. And I don't want to sit, I'm not trying to sit there and say that the only reason I listened to the music that I listened to back then was because I was trying to put on a facade or, you know, live a certain lifestyle and be a certain person that I wasn't. Um, that was just for appearances sake. I've always been a fan of the kind of music that I listen to. You guys listen to Money's Crazy soundtrack. You know what I'm talking about. By the way, huge shout out to Lex Vegas for jumping on Money's Crazy soundtrack last night. And uh, putting on a hell of a soundtrack, man. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We will be doing more Redline run Rundowns in the future on Money's Crazy Soundtrack. But right now, uh, we got a big thing coming up next week for Money's Crazy Soundtrack. And we will get into that just a little bit later on. Uh, but first, um, you know, let's jump back into the story I was telling here. So... Um, you know, something that maybe nobody here knows about me, because I don't think I've ever had to do this while I've been at Redline. I might be mistaken, but I, I honestly, I don't remember, uh, you know, I've done so many shows with Redline, I just don't remember, but I wear contacts. 
and I do have glasses for if I run out of contacts or, you know, the contacts are irritating my eyes, I'll put my glasses on. I don't think I've ever done that since I've been here at Redline. You know, but I didn't wear glasses or I didn't wear contacts back in high school. I always had my glasses or school, period, you know, ever since fourth grade when I had to get them. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, back then, I think it was a little bit worse than maybe it is today. I don't know. You know, I don't have a child in school. Obviously, I'm not in school, um, so I can't speak to this for today. But I would, I think maybe a little bit more today, it might be a little bit more understood than it was back when I was in high school. Some people wear glasses, some people don't. Um, you know, but there was always that perception that the kid with the glasses was a nerd and I was the furthest thing from it. And, um, you know, but back then I was mainly a heavy metal, hard rock kind of guy throwing a little bit of grunge here and there. Um, but that was the attitude and persona that I gave off other than the fact that I wore glasses my hair was a little bit longer back then, but not nearly the way it looks now. Um, I think it, you know, it was all slick back, even the sides and everything. I didn't have a ponytail or anything back then. Um, you know, so I was picked on. And then something happened my freshman year in high school that would change the rest of my high school career. And that event was the Columbine school shooting in Littleton, Colorado. And then, you know, before that, you know, we never, we had never really thought about school shootings. This wasn't anything that we had to worry about. This wasn't an event, you know, and, and we, as kids, I don't think we understood it to where this is something that we have to worry about. This happened in Colorado. This didn't happen in Ohio. Why are we having to be subjugated to uh, pat-downs, metal detectors, police presence in the school, dogs sniffing our bags? You know, why are we being subjected to this? And why are me and my friends being told we can't wear our leather trench coats, we can't wear black? You know, a lot of kids back then uh, during this time had their hair done the way I do now you know, with this ponytail thing in the back and everything like that, you know, we were told we couldn't wear our hair like that anymore, you know, and then I would walk in Metallica t-shirt, you know, waving, waving the flag high for Metallica, black trench coat, fucking Coke bottle glasses, because my eyes are that bad. Um, I'm actually shocked that I'm able to wear contacts to be honest, but I can. And they're just like, you know, they're looking at me like, Double whammy. Okay, we got a nerdy fucking metalhead. And, you know, back then, it hadn't really been brought out or at least certain media people didn't think about the fact that maybe this, the, the massacre that unfortunately happened at Columbine was the result of bullying. Because back then, the bullshit that we were being spoon-fed into our fucking mouths every day from CNN, Fox News, you know, all these different news providers was the fact that these guys listened to hard rock, heavy metal music, namely Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, Rammstein, you know, bands like that, bands that were dominating the new metal scene at the time. 
And all of a sudden, you know, public enemy number one because of the way I dressed. Not necessarily because of the way I acted, because I acted like a huge fucking nerd. Nobody liked me. I was picked on on a daily fucking basis. And, I, and I'm going to share some of those stories with you guys here tonight because we are going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about the effect that it has on people. And we're going to talk about the, the lasting effects that it could have on some of these people that are being bullied and picked on and treated like shit on a daily basis for decades and years to come. And how it's going to how it could possibly affect their adult lives as well. This is why I wanted to do this episode. You guys obviously know I have no problem sharing things that have happened to me in the past. I did a whole episode on the fact that I suffer from depression and anxiety and that I also attempted a suicide. So, and a lot of psychologists that I've seen over the decades think that possibly a part of the reason why I suffer so badly from depression, from anxiety, is partially because of the way I was treated in middle school and high school. Elementary school, man, like, we all loved each other. Like, everybody was friends with everybody. And it's crazy because very recently, I got to run into um, somebody that I had gone to elementary school with. And she's just like, oh, my God, you know, you you look nothing like what you looked like in elementary school. And I'm like, well, we're talking 30 plus years ago. I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? I'm not going to be, you know, the skinny little kid that played soccer and wore his uh, karate gi to school every day. But you mean you see, and that's just it right there. What the sentence I just said proves just how big of a fucking nerd I was. I wore my soccer uniform or I wore my karate gi to school quite a bit. I would always wear a t-shirt underneath the gi, um, you know, some kind of graphic tee, you know, back then. But probably something Ninja Turtles or maybe real Ghostbusters. You know, I don't know. I don't remember too many uh, pictures from back then. Um, but I do remember one year from my school picture, I was wearing my karate gi and I had my soccer uniform underneath it, and they took a picture of me, um, you know, holding a soccer ball, you know, like this, with my karate gi on. So, proof positive right there. I got no no problem talking about my nerdism. Um, but, um, you know, so, I mean, that was a nice conversation that I had with her, and... It, uh, you know, it just it brought back a lot of these strange memories and these strange things that I remember happening to me. Um, you know, and I think it's important to to recognize the fact that, yes, what the two kids, Eric Claybald and Dylan. I'm sorry, I mixed up last names, Eric Harris and Dylan Claybald did back on April 20th, 1999, was horrendous. A lot of people lost their lives. And um, it was the first time that my generation ever had to deal with the fact that a school shooting like that is possible. So I'll share a couple of personal stories with you guys, and then we'll get into the to, you know, defining bullying, what is classified as bullying, 
um, you know, the different types of bullying, cyberbullying, uh, the rates of incidents, um, special concerns, uh, what kind of lasting effects it has. And then I also have an article from the American Psychological Association about, you know, what the U.S. laws do to prevent bullying in schools. Are they enough? And then also there is a new bill uh, that is uh, to being put through Congress as of January 28th, 2001. It is House of Representatives 549, and it's an amendum to the Elementary and Secondary Education Act uh, to support changes in the way schools handle bullying. So we'll get all into all of that here in just a moment. But I want to share a couple of uh, personal incidents, like I said, that happened to me post-Columbine um, that really can can shine a light on just how much the court of public opinion can have an effect on things that happen and even happened back then. Uh, so the day after Columbine, uh, you know, I mentioned it, you know, we had a heavy police presence at our school. Uh, they were searching backpacks, patting kids down, remove the trench coat, remove the heavy metal t-shirts. Um, you know, obviously they couldn't tell us to cut our hair or anything like that, but they didn't, you know, tell a lot of the kids that did have, you know, long hair and wore it back in ponytails that they had to put their hair down. I mean, we're talking late April, you know, here kind of warm, you know, I remember it being in the 60s around that time already because, you know, a lot of us were trying to get away with wearing shorts before May. Um, you know, so, you know, there was a lot of that going on. Um, and then one day I'm sitting in, I believe it was my math class. And, you know, back my school had these little thing called pink slips. Um, you know, I got a piece of paper right here. You know, a little it was about this big. Uh, and it was if it was colored pink, it means you were being sent down to administration. If it was green, you were going home. And if it was blue, you had to report to the nurse's office. Look at that. It, next year is my 20-year reunion, and I still remember that shit. Um, so, you know, the, the page, normally a student that had a study hall or something like that that didn't want to sit in the cafeteria would be the page for that day. Walked into the classroom, had a pink slip in their hand, and, of course, it had my name on it. So I had to get up, walk to the front of the class, grab the pink slip from the teacher, and walk down to the administration. Walk into the principal's office, and there are two, I lived in Garfield Heights at the time, two of Garfield Heights' finest sitting in the office. And my principal proceeded to have a conversation with me about a potential violence threat. I put in against the school. Now, anybody that knows me personally, unfortunately, since this is pre-recorded, as you see, um, nobody can comment on this. But I mean, eh, you know what? Fuck it. Go ahead and comment on the show. I'll read the comments later. All that. Um, but I'm not a violent person. I might get angry. I might get loud. I, you know, I open my mouth quite a bit, and I'll I'll be the first one in the history of, of admitting th shit that I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. But 
to ever sit there and put in some kind of threat of violence against anybody, that is not in my nature. I am not a violent person, and I have a lot of reasons for that. Mainly the fact that my father abused me when I was a child, and I would never, ever, ever want to do anything like that to another human being. Toby Keith, don't hurt me for drinking out of a blue solo cup, man. And it actually is a solo. Yep, it's solo. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, so what exactly happened? When did I supposedly do this? You know, and, and you know, if I was going to do something like that, would I attach a name to it? Would I, you know... Maybe I would attach a name to it, but it sure as fuck wouldn't be mine. It wouldn't be my real name, you know? And the cop's kind of looking at my principal, and he's like, got a little bit of a point there, man. Um, you know, this is kind of new to us. You know, like, we, we don't we don't know. But it does sound kind of asinine that this dude would call in a threat and say, hi, this is Lee Money. I'm going to blow up the fucking school today. Or... I'm going to bring, you know, a bunch of assault rifles and shoot everybody. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, do whatever. Like, that just sounds asinine. So, um, you know, they said that the, the call came in at this time. You know, where were you? What were you doing? And I'm like, we had a test in my English class that day. I was taking the test. So, of course, they called my English teacher. My English teacher confirms I never left the classroom during class. Let alone, you know, because it took me the entire period to do the test. Um, and, and, you know, so they're like, well, we're sorry. You know, this must be, you know, a pretty nasty prank. And I'm like, well, if I were you, I'd find out who did this prank because I'm fucking pissed. I don't like people calling in threats of that kind of nature in my name. That's bullshit. So then, you know, a week or so goes by, you know, a lot of people that already looked at me funny or treated me funny you know were even more cautious to be around me because they were afraid that i was going to be the next eric harris or dylan claybold and do something at our school which was the farthest thing from the truth i would never like i said do anything of that sort so a week or so goes by everybody's acting funny still um, and then all of a sudden I get called down to the office again, another pink slip this time during, uh, during homeroom. So like school had just started. So I go down there again, this time the cops waste no time. Click, click. Fuck. I do it's principal again. We need to search your book bag. We don't want to run any, you know, we don't want to take any chances. Somebody said that they saw you with a gun. What? Well, you are a Boy Scout, aren't you? Yeah, but they don't let us take that shit home. We got to leave that shit at the camp that we go to. You know, because that, that summer I had taken riflemen for, for uh, Eagle Scout credit. You know, so they searched my bag. Obviously, no firearms, no nothing. They unclick click me, and principal's just like, this is the second week in a row that something like this has happened. And I'm like, yeah, are you starting to sense a fucking pattern here, dude? 
Like, this this is ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I'm getting fed up. I'm tired of it. I've dealt with this shit almost my entire life. I've dealt with it since I moved to this city, since I moved here in fifth grade. Never in my life have I ever had to deal with being treated the way I'm being treated. It's been happening for years. Every time I would stand up for myself, I'd be the one who'd get in trouble, and I'm not getting in trouble for it anymore. I'm not kicking my own ass. I'm not giving myself black eyes. You know, my parents have been divorced since I was 10, so it ain't my dad doing it either. You know, so, you know, what do you have to say about this? So then a week later, you know, he said, well, we'll look into it, and if we see anything or we hear anything, you know, we'll take care of it. Yeah. Right, gotcha. Go back to class. Nothing really happened, you know, because, of course, this shit happens off of school grounds. Therefore, the school's not responsible for it. I call the police and they're like, well, we've already you know, had to detain you twice in your high school. So why would we believe anything you have to say? Well, to you, too, buddies. Um, you know, a couple weeks go by without incident. And, um, you know, I'm finally thinking that maybe some of this stuff is, is calming down. You know, maybe people are starting to see that, you know, maybe I'm not going to do anything like this. But, of course, it was always in the back of everybody's mind because, you know, I was that guy. You know, and then it started happening to a lot of my friends, too. And, you know, like I said, I was a Boy Scout. So, I mean, it doesn't get much nerdier than that. I'm very proud of the time that I spent with the Boy Scouts. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I mean, every year on on National Scouting Day, you know, we knew nobody was going to sign up to be Boy Scouts. I mean, we're not stupid, you know, but we still wore our uniforms to school that day because we were proud of what we were doing. We knew all the good things that we were doing, and we knew that regardless of what any of these other assholes thought, we we were proud of who we were, and we felt normal in the skin that we were in. And I think that we were kind of ahead of ourselves when it comes to that because of a lot of the things that's happening in society today with that kind of stuff. But then, sure enough, a couple a couple weeks go by, like I say, and I'm talking to some friends of mine who uh, had a Backyard Wrestling Federation. Back then, Backyard Wrestling was huge, uh, mainly because of people like Mick Foley, uh, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, uh, all the same person, and the Hardy Boys. You know, they would always show footage of the Hardys doing the trampoline wrestling and, and the ring that they built in the backyard when they were kids. Um, Mick Foley jumping off the roof onto a pile of mattresses and another human being. You know, all that stuff was always being promoted by WWE. So, you know, yeah, they could sit there and tell us, don't try this at home. But it's like, well, you know, look what you just showed on TV. Hey, how many extra beds we got? Can, can we build a wrestling ring in the backyard on mattresses? Cool. Let's do it. You know, so they had a backyard wrestling federation, and they knew that I liked writing storylines. I wasn't really big into the into wrestling and everything like that. I was a good storyteller, so they wanted me to write stories uh, for their league. So, you know, of course, you know, I would try to help them out, and they're like, "Well, we need to do something that's better than than this other co- group that was in our town." And I'm like, "All right, well, what if we try doing some pyro? Like, I know it's illegal in Ohio to buy it." But what if we go out of state to buy it? You know, we can go to we can go to Pennsylvania or, you know, here or there and we can try to get, 
some of the shit that way. And they're like, oh, man, well, what do we need? You know, we need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. And for somebody that didn't hear the beginning of the conversation, we're talking about, you know, buying stuff that explodes. Um, so that caused a lot of stir. Obviously, that meant, led to another trip to the office, and I had to explain what we were talking about. And go figure, because we were in the cafeteria and it was lunchtime, we were taking notes. Like, we were writing notes down about, you know, everything that we were going to do. So we're like, you know, no, look, here, right here, right here. You know, we have notes saying that this is exactly what we want to do. You know, and they're like, you're fucking 15. How are you going to buy fireworks in Pennsylvania? Well, we'd have our parents do it or, you know, whatever, you know, like whatever it would take for us to get out of trouble at that point. Um, You know, so again, they're just like, you know, sorry, we wasted your time, blah, blah, blah. You know, so like I mentioned, you know, I had been bullied going all the way back to middle school when I first moved to Garfield Heights. And, you know, like I said, when I was living in Maple Heights and, and, you know, I was going to elementary school, we were all awesome to each other. Everybody liked each other. There wasn't any real bully or anything like that. We were all friends with each other. You know, so for me, moving to a new city, going to a new school with a new set of people that I had never met before in my life, and all of a sudden people don't like me. You know, it it caused it caused a lot of turmoil. You know, it caused it caused a lot of bullying. You know, I went home broken, beaten, scarred quite a few times. That's a hint, and we'll give some hints, more hints throughout the show. And uh we'll talk about that when we come back from break. But that's hint number one right there. Broken, beaten, scarred. Um, you know, it caused a lot of turmoil and it, it caused a lot of problems and I didn't know how to handle being bullied cause I had never been bullied before. So get to high school. This happens my senior year. This shit follows me everywhere I go. The crazy thing is, is that I had people that nobody would expect as friends you know even though i was this nerdy kid and um you know putting on a facade and things like that with the heavy metal stuff and everything um i had people that were friends that nobody would expect to to be my friends you know i had jocks i had popular girls i had preppy kids you know i had people from all these different you know cliques i think this is the only word that, that pops into my head with that that I was friends with and that that made it a little bit easier but it also I think led to a lot of jealousy and that that jealousy led to a lot of people trying to bully me and try to to tear me down or make me look bad in front of these people that were my friends so thing you know that that happened quite a bit as well and then you know all the Columbine stuff happened and then I started dating a girl that was two years older than me. So all of a sudden, they're like, Lee getting that kind of shit? Like, you know, so it it helped for a little bit, you know. But it also brought me into a new crowd of people. And those people were kind of jealous of the fact that this girl was dating me. I'm two years younger than her. You know, I'm two years younger than them. 
Um, but they were also, you know, the corner smokers. And I didn't smoke. And so, you know, here I am hanging out with these kids. All the, you know, My parents both smoke, you know, so I, I've been around it my entire life. I'm not, I don't care. You know, she smoked. So, you know, these were the crowd of kids that I started hanging out with every morning because obviously I wanted to be with her and things like that. Um, you know, so these kids were just like, oh, he's got the 17 year, you know, people in my grade and even, you know, the grade above me, you know, we're just like, oh, he's got this 17 year old girlfriend. He's only 15, blah, 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 yada, yada, you know, so that, you know, and high school relationship, it lasted five months. Rumors were going around that she was cheating on me and she made this stupid ultimatum with me when we had first started dating that the only way I would ever break up with you is if you started smoking. So someone in the group of people that we hung out with had told me, you know, hey, she was with so-and-so. Um, you know, so I'm like, well, give me a cigarette. And we walked to her door. Her mom, aunt, you know, is talking to her as she's leaving to meet with us. And the ne- the first words out of her mouth were, I thought you didn't smoke. And I'm like, I didn't until this morning. You know, <laughs> Stupid high school shit. But, I mean, that's how I started smoking. That's how, again, some of the group of my friends started to change. So, you know, I started hanging out with this new group. You know, I started getting pigeon-held into a bunch of different things. Obviously getting in trouble just about every morning for smoking and waiting until the last bell to, you know, walk our way back towards the school and everything like that. Um, Or we were smoking too close to the building or, you know, shit like that. So, one day, uh, before school, one of the football players had come up to me because I had played football some of my freshman year, and then I get hurt, I can't play anymore, um, and I had taken, I had a letterman jacket because, you know, I played football, and I was also in choir and theater, so... I had taken football off of my letterman jacket because I wasn't playing it anymore because of my injury and, and, you know, all that. And one of the football players came up to me and like, well, now you're just a poser because you can't play the rest of the season. You removed football off of your jacket, but yet you're still wearing a letterman jacket. Well, yeah, you know, I do other extracurricular activities. Anybody, you know, this is me, (laughs) nerd. Anybody that does an extracurricular activity has the right to have a letterman jacket. Well, into the dumpster I went. So I walk into the building after getting out, and I walk right up to this person, and I deck him. Because like I said, I'd had it. I'm done being a victim at this point. I deck him. I break his nose, um, give him a black eye, and this is right before one of the biggest games of our season. You know, so he's bleeding out of his nose. You know, he's got a black eye, and I don't got a scratch on me. So, of course, everybody thinks I'm the aggressor. And I'm like, well, why don't you t- ask him about putting me in the dumpster? You know, and saying that I'm a poser because I took football off my jacket because I can't physically play it anymore. If I can't physically play it, I'm not going to continue to honor the fact that I played. Because then at that point, I'd be a poser again because I'm not playing. You know, and that's, you know, uh, again... Well, you were the aggressor. You're the one that hit him. We can't. We have no proof that he put you in the dumpster. Blah blah yada yada. All right, great. You know, cool. Fuck you. Victim blame. Great. You know, I love that. 
And more incidents like that started happening, you know. And then I had people that, you know, were still jealous of the fact that I had dated an older girl coming after me too and things like that. So it was just a miserable time for me for a long time. Skip ahead to my junior year. And over the summer, I had met these girls walking through the city because I was meeting somebody that I was in that was in my Boy Scout troop. And he was walking them home from the park or something like that. And I was sitting here and I mean, these girls were to me at the time, the most beautiful girls I had ever seen in my life. One of them to this day is still my best friend. And I had made the joke like, you know, hey, Kyle, you know, isn't this a little, you know, above your popularity level here? You know, I was just joking with him and he just goes, well, you know, no, blah, 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 blah. You know, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. And they both took a liking to me real quick. Obviously, I was older and all of that. You know, so they started going to our school. And over the summer, them and I had become friends. And so now here I am walking to school, first day of school, junior year. And I've got these two bombshells walking to school with me. And now I'm the older one. You know, I was 16, you know, heading on 17. And they were the 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 young the young freshmen coming in and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here they are. They know somebody that goes to the high school, somebody that they that nobody in their right mind would ever think would hang out with somebody that looked like me, especially back then with the glasses and and blah blah yada yada i've already told that story so then the bullying started even worse then but now it's coming from people that are younger than me and i'm just like dude like don't do that like you know and they were trying to help get it stopped you know and then my friends you know people that were in my grade were just like oh my god look at this you know first it was the girl that was older than him now he's got girls that are younger than him that are drop dead fucking gorgeous and blah 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 so it was just an unrelenting chain of just constant, like, you know, to me, I'm just trying to be me. I'm just trying to, to, to hang out with my friends, do the things that I think are cool, you know, um, and everything like that. And, you know, nothing I did seemed to work. Nothing I did seemed to, to change anything. But I really didn't care. I mean, it bothered me, and it, it bothers me to this day, obviously. You know, but then fast forward, you know, a little bit. It's around the time of my birthday, and all I wanted to do for my birthday was go see the Dixie Chicks. Um, you know, my mom had started listening to country music, and we had seen the Dixie Chicks before they were famous. Uh, one of their first big breaks that they got was playing at the WGAR Buckeye Country Jam um, before Wide Open Spaces had ever been played on the radio. So this tells you how long ago it was. Um, and then Fly came out, and obviously Goodbye Earl, um, Cowboy Take Me Away. You know, some of those hit songs had kind of threw them into the stratosphere. 
and they were coming to Cleveland the night before my birthday on the fly tour, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go see the Dixie Chicks. So my mom had gotten us tickets, and, you know, I, you know, like you do at a concert, you buy the concert T-shirt, you, you enjoy yourself, you have fun. And to me, that was one of my favorite T-shirts because it was a concert that I, the, one of the first concerts I ever wanted to go to that I picked out. You know, because before that, you know, hey, we're going to the Buckeye Jam. Why, Mom? Well, because that's what I want to do. Well, can I go to Dad's? It's not your Dad's weekend. Fuck. Fine. You know, but, you know, so I was really proud of this shirt. And, you know, people realized that my friendship with these two wasn't going in, going to end. And at a few points, it became more than friendship, you know, with both of them. Like, you know, I dated the one girl for a little bit, and then we realized that we're just better off as friends. No hard feelings. We're still friends to this day. She's my best friend. She's my sister. I love her to death. Um, And, you know, we, we have each other's backs. She's one of my rocks if I ever get into a place. Where I feel like I'm getting to that place in my head. She's one of the first people I call. She's always there to pick up the phone. The other girl, you know, we don't talk anymore, and I'm more than okay with that. Um, obviously, I'm I'm married. I'm very happily married. To be honest, this is the first time I've thought about this girl in quite a long time. Um, but honestly, I could say that with that girl, that was the first time I was ever in love. And, you know, then, in my opinion, emotional bullying can also take the form of, you know, guys that are constantly hitting on your girlfriend, telling her and telling you that you're not good enough for her, they're what she needs, you know, blah, blah, yada, yada, telling her that, um, you know, uh, writing writing them letters behind your back, you know, do. Any, any kind of shady thing that anybody could possibly do to me, people were doing it, be it people in my grade or younger or even older than me. Um, it happened all the time. I started getting into the uh, the insane clown posse around this time because of some of the friends that I had. Um, and as you can see, they stay with me for life. So obviously that made things worse. You know, because now I'm one of these wicked clown loving motherfuckers and blah, blah, blah. One day, I'm walking home with her. And a guy that had had a crush on her that she kept blowing off because her and I were together. um, Had his friends drive him home. Stopped us. Got out of his car. And said if she didn't leave with him, he was going to kill me and he pulled out a knife. You know, obviously she was just like, just let me go with him. Just let me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Fuck that. Who knows what this guy's going to do to you? Fuck, you know, you know, who the fuck do you think you are, dude? Like, like, fuck you. Go away. Blah, blah, blah. So he goes to try to stab me. And you know, remember what I said in elementary school, karate gi almost every day to school. You know, I start busting this dude up like the fucking karate kid. And, you know, he bombs off. 
But his parents go to the police and say that I beat him up. So now I got that to deal with. The next day I go to school and they're saying, you know, you know, if I go anywhere near this guy, I'm automatically going to prison, uh, blah, blah, yada, yada. So I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. I'm done. You know, I go on to be one of the lead characters in, in one of our plays that year. I had several solos and choir. Um, I started writing for the school newspaper, things like that. You know, again, I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm doing things that enjoy that are enjoyable to me. I don't care really what anybody says about me, or at least I didn't think I did. Then my senior year comes around. And like I said, I was very proud of that Dixie Chicks t-shirt, so I'm wearing it one day to school. I'm sitting with these two girls at lunch. They're friends. You know, so regardless on if, you know, I'm dating one or I'm dating the other or whatever, you know, that's who I would always sit with every day at lunch. I would I would purposely get my lunch period changed to have lunch with them. That's how much they meant to me. And, you know, regardless of the fact if, you know, I don't talk to that other girl anymore, I still love her. And that's not, that's not me trying to say that I never got over her, but I do honestly believe that she was the first person I was ever truly in love with. And that's a feeling that no matter what, no matter what happens in your life, that feeling never goes away. And so for me, there are still things, you know, there are still feelings that I have for her because of that. And, you know, my wife knows this, you know, every girl I dated before my wife knows this, everything like that, you know, and, you know, you know, I, I just don't think that those are feelings that will ever go away. And if they do, then I guess you mean to me as much as I thought, but you know, here it is almost 20 years later. And I still, I still have that feeling for her you know, in, in, in the memories of like, you know, thank you for making me learn what, what love was for me at that time. But senior year comes around. I'm wearing my Dixie Chicks t-shirt cause I'm still very proud of it. You know, sitting at lunch with them one day and, you know, me and the one girl that I was dating at the time are talking about what we wanted to do over the weekend. And, you know, of course, we invited the other friend, and we invited some of our other friends and everything as well, you know, for part of it, because some of it was a date, but some of it was, you know, just, you know, hey, let's get together with so-and-so, let's get together. I, I never, ever, ever try to say names on the show of people that I do not have their permission. You know, obviously, my wife, she comments on the show, so I say her name all the time, Um, you know, but these two have never given me permission to say their name on the show. So I will not do that. Not like I said, I don't talk to one of them, so I'll never get their permission. Um, and then somebody walks over, and where we sat in the cafeteria, there's no reason for anybody to walk past us unless they're trying to get to the other end of the table that we sat at. And, and somebody walks by, and they have a tray of garbage in their hand, and. For some reason, they decided to, to try to cut through an area of the cafeteria where there's no garbage can, no reason for anybody to walk past us, like I said, and pretends to, to trip over my chair and spills this disgusting 
liquid crap all over me. And if if the people that I used to sit with at lunch were sitting here today, they would sit there and tell you, I didn't even know who this person was. I'd never seen this person a day in my life. And it wasn't a guy. It was a girl. So I'm like, what the fuck was that? And, you know, one of them was just like, oh, that's, you know, she's, you know, she's in our grade. I'm like, well, what the fuck did I ever do to her? You know, so my other friend got up, not my girlfriend, but my other friend got up. And she chases her down. And she's like, what the hell was that? Like, why did you do that? So then, you know, I see them two talking. The girl that dumped this crap on me is laughing about it. And my friend is sitting there trying to say, that wasn't funny. He's never done anything to you. He doesn't even know who you are. Why would you do that? And so she refused to tell her. So, you know, she gets up. She comes back to the table and she's like, you need to call your mom right now and tell her to bring you a change of clothes. There's piss and vomit in what she spilled on you. So, you know, I get up, and now I'm angry. She's going to grab the the cafeteria monitor to tell them what just happened. Meanwhile, I'm walking down to the office telling them that they need to call my mom and telling them what happened. You know, so now I'm sitting in the principal's office with no shirt on because they had to put it in a biohazard bag because of the shit that got dumped on me. So my mom finally gets there, you know, and by this point, my girlfriend and my best friend had met, you know, come down and met, sat with me in the office because they wanted to make sure that I was, you know, okay. And, you know, so the principal had given them permission to, to skip class so that they can be with me, you know, and then my mom got there. You know, my best friend told her what happened, you know, and my girlfriend had told her what happened. If I'm pausing before finishing, you know, saying my best friend or my girlfriend, it's because I'm, I'm trying to remind myself, do not say their names. So this was going on. And, you know, my mom's pissed at this point. She goes up to the principal and she's like, call the police. I'm pressing charges against this person. What if they have HIV? What if they have any kind of other disease? Now my son could have it because they want to be assholes. So the, the school does. They call the police down. They come down. They take a statement. My mom wants to press charges against them. So then this person's parents have to come down. There's a, uh, you know, a shouting match between my mom and their mom. Um, and finally the principal steps in and they're like, listen, you know, we'll, you know, the, the police have the shirt. They're going to get it tested. If it comes back positive for anything, they said that you do have the right to press charges. Da, 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 da. And, you know, they're like, and at, from the school, I'm forcing this girl to pay for dry cleaning for that shirt for when it finally does come back to you. And that's all the school wanted to do. They just wanted her to pay my dry cleaning bill. Like, you know, yet again... Here, here my mom is trying to press charges against this girl for attempted assault. You know, and my mom was right. Like, and that was something that I didn't think about until she said it. What if she had AIDS? What if, or, you know, I don't even know if it was her urine or her fucking puke. And who knows what else was in there? You know, who, and, th- you know, that was the, 
at that point, since it was my senior year, I'm just like, that's it. I'm just, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get the hell out of here and just pretend that these last years of my life have never happened. And at that point, I'm humiliated. How do I go back to school the next day and then, you know, people making noises at me or, you know, hey, how did how did that piss taste? Or, you know, I had to deal with that every day until fucking commencement. Not just from people that were in my grade, but obviously all of their asshole friends. And, you know, again, my best friend and my girlfriend are doing everything that they can to try to stop this shit from happening. You know, meanwhile... I got people that I thought were my friends now trying to go after my girlfriend, writing them, writing her sexually explicit letters, threatening to rape her, threatening to do this, threatening to do that. I get my hands on one of the letters because he accidentally left it laying around after she gave it back to him with a big giant fuck you on it. His girlfriend finds it and she shows it to me because she felt like I had the right to know about it. So I walk into our science room, I slam the letter down on his desk, and I'm like, you've got 30 seconds to explain yourself. He opens it up, well, how did you get this? I'm like, that's none of your business. you got 30 seconds to explain it, and you've wasted five. Well, uh, 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 I stand him up, and I throw him against the wall, and I'm like, if you ever say this kind of stuff to my girlfriend again, it will be the last thing you ever breathe. And like I said, it was sexually explicit, very detailed, and even mentioned the terms rape, choke, and a few other things in it. So the teacher walks in. He tries taking a swing at me. You know, I throw him over my shoulder. I slam him down at his desk, and I give him a couple of good ones, bust his eye open. And at that point, I'm defending myself because he swung at me. But we both go down to the office. I grab the note before, you know, we get dragged out of class. I show it to the principal. She calls the police because now they want to press rape, you know, attempted rape charges against him and things like that. You know, so this was the shit I dealt with in high school. So finally, we get to commencement day. Our commencement ceremony was held downtown at Public Hall. So after rehearsal, um, me and my friends went to Tower City. I stopped into to FYE, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'll be right back. I walk out with Metallica's brand-new album that just dropped that day, St. Anger, hit number two. Actually, yeah, hit number two. Um, a St. Anger t-shirt, a St. Anger wristband, and a few other St. Anger items. They're like, hey, if you buy the album, we'll give you all this shit free. Cool. Pulled out my CD player because I always had it on me, even when I wasn't supposed to in school. I, I, I think I lost more CD players in that high school than I care to mention. But, I mean, that was my escape. That was my way of sitting there and blocking out all the bullshit, which is just sit there and jam out to music whenever I could. Oof. So... I start listening to the songs on St. Anger. And I start connecting with some of the songs that are on there. You know, Frantic, St. Anger, Invisible Kid, Shoot Me Again, The Unnamed Feeling. 
these were songs that I connected to very, very deeply because I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, look at this. James Hetfield, a man that I have inspired, been inspired by for years, is saying the things that I feel every day. And it really made me feel better. Commencement happens. You know, again, I have my headphones, have my CD player with me, and I'm and I'm just sitting there. It's time for the choir to perform the senior song. Fuck. You know, so I get up, perform the senior song, go backstage. All right, they're going to start calling names. Fuck. You know. So finally, my name is called. I walk across the stage. I get my diploma. I look at it, make sure that there's actually a diploma in there. And there was. And the second I walk, walk to the other side of the stage. And, you know, I move the tassel over and everything. I don't even know if I'm doing that the right way, but who cares? Um, all of a sudden, I just... And for the first time in my life, I felt relief. Because I knew I would never have to walk into that building again and deal with the things that I dealt with ever again. So that took a lot longer than I thought it would. Uh, but... You know, we'll get through the rest of this stuff here in the second hour. We're going to cut to break here uh, real quick. When we come back, you know, we'll start getting into a lot of this stuff. If we have time, we'll get into the article about do the laws need to be changed? Do they actually help or hurt kids that are in high school? And then we'll get into the new Senate or the House of Representatives bill to amend the bullying portion of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965. All that when we come back right here on Money's Crazy Mind. This week, we're bringing back Bones of Giants.
Money's Crazy Mind and Redline Radio LLC is proudly sponsored by Tattoo Therapy, Inc. In the Greenbrier Shopping Center at 6259 Pearl Road, Parma Heights, Ohio. You can contact Riley today at 440-747-7130. They are one of the premier tattoo parlors in Northeast Ohio. And don't forget to tell them that Red Line Radio sent you. All right, welcome back in to Money's Crazy Mind here on Red Line Radio LLC. We are back from break. Thank you again to Psych Ward for uh, letting me use uh, 8100 this week. Uh, Talked to the guys in Psych Ward the other day. They're getting closer and closer to having the new theme song for Money's Crazy Mind in the can. So, uh, before we went to break, I shared some of the experiences that I had in school in dealing with bullying and everything like that. And I know some of you may say some of that didn't sound all, all that bad, but, you know, and until you live it, you know, you don't understand what it feels like to be bullied. And, I mean, I even felt like I was being bullied by my own father because of the way he would treat me you know with the abuse and things like that um maybe i'll share some of that stuff in a future episode and all that but i mean let's just say when i told my dad that i was joining the boy scouts or actually the cub scouts at that time you know he's just like you'll never remember all those knots um you know who who are you who do you think you, you know you're trying to impress by doing that um you know and physical abuse you know, too. Um, so, but um, let's break down just exactly what is considered bullying, and you'll see why I, I consider um, a lot of what was happening to me by certain people to be bullying. Um, so bullying is an ongoing and deliberate misuse of power in relationships through repeated verbal, physical, and or social behavior that intends to cause physical, social, and or psychological harm. It can involve an individual or a group misusing their power or perceived power over one or more persons who feel unable to stop it from happening. Bullying can happen in person or online via various digital platforms and devices. It can be obvious, overt, or hidden, covert. Bullying behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time, for example, through sharing of digital records. Bullying of any form or for any reason can have immediate, medium, and long-term effects to those involved, including bystanders. Single incidents and conflicts or fights between equals, whether in person or online, are not defined as bullying. What bullying is not is single episodes of social rejection, or dislike, single episodes, uh, acts of nastiness or spite, random acts of aggression or intimidation, mutual arguments, disagreements, or fights. 
These actions can cause great distress. However, they do not fit the definition of bullying, and they are not examples of bullying unless someone is deliberately and repeatedly doing them. My cat just knocked something off the table, little bastard. <clears throat> bullying is unwanted, aggressive behavior among school-aged children that involves a real or perceived power imbalance. The behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. Both kids uh, who are bullied and who bully may have serious, lasting problems. Uh in order to be considered bullying, the behavior must be aggressive and include an imbalance of power. Kids who bully use their power, such as physical strength, to access embarrassing information or popularity, control harm to control or harm others. Power imbalances can change over time and in different situations, even if they involve the same people. Repetition. Bullying behaviors happen more than once or have the potential to happen more than once. Bullying includes actions such as making threats, spreading rumors, attacking someone physically or verbally, and exclude someone from a group on purpose. There are three types of bullying. There's verbal bullying, and that's saying or writing mean things. This includes teasing, name-calling, inappropriate sexual comments, taunting, threatening to cause harm. Social bullying, sometimes referred to as relational bullying, involves hurting someone's reputation or relationships. This includes leaving someone out on purpose, telling other children... I lost my place. Telling other children not to be friends with someone, spreading rumors, or embarrassing somebody in public. Physical bullying involves hurting a person's body or possessions. And this includes hitting, kicking, pinching, spitting, tripping, pushing, uh, taking or breaking someone's things, making mean or rude hand gestures. So I disagree with some of the things that are being said in this part of this already. Um, the part where it says that this happens in school-aged children. You know, anybody at any time, including adults, can be bullied. So I don't necessarily agree that it's only school-aged individuals that can have this happen. And like I said, I mean, even before I started school, you know, my dad, I feel like, you know, a parental abuse could be considered <clears throat> a form of bullying and is one that a lot of kids can't get away from. Especially back when it was happening to me. There weren't a lot of the resources that are available today for kids dealing with abuse in the home. Uh, when and where bullying happens. Bullying can occur during or after school hours. While most reported bullying happens in the school building, a significant percentage also happens in places like playground or on the bus. It can also happen traveling to or from school, in the youth's neighborhood, or on the Internet. Uh, so the frequency of bullying, there are two sources of federally collected data on youth bullying. The 2019 School Crime Supplement to the National Crime Victimization Survey National Center for Education Statistics and Bureau of Justice indicates that nationwide, about 22% of students ages 12 to 18 experienced bullying. The 2019 Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention 
indicate that nationwide 19.5% of students in grades 9 to 12 report being bullied on school property in the 12 months that preceded the survey. So now that's um, the three main types of bullying. And back when I was in school, you know, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have MySpace, we didn't have Twitter, Twitch, you know, all this shit that, that there's is around today. You know, we had AOL chat rooms, we had AIM, you know, so that was kind of one way that, that you know, bullies could get to us on a, on a social media level, um, but not nearly as bad as kids can do it today. Um, you know, so now... Because of the advent of all this stuff, there's also cyberbullying. So cyberbullying takes place over digital devices like cell phones, computers, and tablets. Cyberbullying can occur through uh, text messages, apps, uh, or online and social media forums or gaming where people can view, participate in, or share content. Cyberbullying includes sending, posting, or sharing negative, harmful false or mean content about someone else and can include sharing personal or private information about someone else causing embarrassment or humiliation. Some cyberbullying can cross the line into unlawful criminal behavior. So, you know, let's talk about a couple of examples of what that means. So, you know, let's be realistic here. Teenagers nowadays, with all the information and, and tools and things like that that they have at their fingertips, I'm sure there's probably some inappropriate photos being shared between, you know, relationships and things like that. Let's say somebody that doesn't like one of the two people in that relationship gets their hands on some of that material, and they start spreading it around the school. That's social bullying, or cyberbullying, I mean. So the most common places where cyberbullying occurs are social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, text messages and messaging apps on mobile or tablet devices, instant messaging, direct messaging, and online chatting over the Internet, online forums, chat rooms, message boards such as Reddit, email, online gaming communities, Twitch, you know, places like that. Um, So some special concerns that come out of this. With the prevalence of social media and digital forums, comments, photos, posts, and content shared by individuals can often be viewed by strangers as well as acquaintances. The content an individual shares online, both their personal as well as any negative, mean, hurtful content, creates a kind of permanent public record of their views, activities, and behaviors. This public record can be thought of as an online reputation which may be accessible to schools, employers, colleges, clubs, and others who may be researching an individual now or in the future. Cyberbullying can harm the online reputations of everybody involved, not just the person being bullied, but those doing the bullying or participating in it. Cyberbullying has unique unique concerns in that it can be uh, persistent, Digital devices offer an ability to immediately and continuously communicate 24 hours a day, so it can be difficult for children experiencing cyberbullying to find relief. Permanent. Most information communicated electronically is permanent and public. 
if not reported and removed, a negative online reputation, including for those who bully, can impact college admissions, employment, and other areas of their lives. Hard to notice because teachers and parents may not overhear or see cyberbullying taking place. It's harder to recognize. They're missing a part here. Anonymity. These people can create fake profiles of, you know, pretending to be the person that they're bullying's friend or possibly even a family member or maybe even a celebrity that they may have like a, a celebrity crush on. So on top of that, you add the, the risk of anonymity to it to where the person that might be bullying the other individual isn't necessarily the person who's actually doing the bullying through a cloned profile or a fake profile. So on top of that, you're adding a level of catfishing to this. Not only that, but the person that that does the bullying could possibly have their account suspended because of things that they've said. And then they just go ahead and create a new one and start all over again. So that's another level of, of things that they've missed in this of what special concerns happen when it comes to cyberbullying. Now, laws and sanctions. All states have laws requiring schools to respond to bullying. As cyberbullying has become more and more prevalent with the use of technology, many states now include cyberbullying or mentioning cyberbullying offenses under these laws. School may take action either as required by law or with local or school policies that allow them to discipline or take other action. Some states have also policies and uh, provisions to address bullying. I'm sorry, I skipped a sentence. Provisions to address bullying and if it affects school performance. You can learn about these laws and policies in each state, including if they cover cyberbullying. So let's talk about the frequency of cyberbullying. Uh, these are from the same two statistics that we had earlier. Uh, and they indicate that nationwide, 16% of students in grades 9 through 12 experience uh, cyberbullying. And uh, an estimated 15.7% of high school students were electronically bullied in the 12 months prior to the survey. All right. So that's the types of bullying, the definition and all that. Uh, rates of incidences, uh, out of every five students, which is about 20.2% reported being bullying, bullied, a higher percentage of male than, than of female students reported being physically bullied, 6% versus four, whereas a higher percentage of female other than male students reported being the subjects of rumors, 18% as opposed to nine. And being excluded from activities on purpose, 7% versus 4. And again, this is the exact same statistics that we had in the uh, other examples. 41% of students who reported being bullied at school indicated that they think the bullying would happen again. Of those students who reported being bullied, 13% were made fun of, called names, or insulted. 13%. Uh, of those students who reported being bullied, 13, okay, 13% uh, were subject of rumors, 5% were pushed, shoved, tripped, or spit on, 5% were excluded from activities on purpose. 
A slightly higher portion of female other than males reported being bullied at school, 24% uh, as opposed to 17. Bullied students reported that bullying occurs in the following places. Hallway or stairwell at school, inside the classroom. Uh, so uh, hallway or stairwell is 43%, inside the classroom 42%, in the cafeteria 27%, outside on school grounds 22%, online or by text 15%, in the bathroom or locker room, 12%. Uh, on the school bus, 8%. 46% of bullied students reported notifying an adult at school about the incident. School-based bullying prevention programs decreased bullying by up to 25%. The reason for being bully, bullied reported most often by students included physical appearance, race or ethnicity, gender, disability, religion, or sexual orientation. The federal government began collecting data on school bullying in 2005 when the prevalence of bullying was around 28%. All right, here's why I have a problem with that. Six years earlier, we knew that Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold uh, did the shooting at Columbine. By this point, I want to say in like late 2002, early 2003, the movie Bowling for Columbine was released. In that movie, they revealed the true reason for why these kids did the shooting at the school. It had nothing to do with heavy metal, had nothing to do with horror movies, had nothing to do with violent video games, had nothing to do with any of that bullshit. And it had everything to do with the fact that these kids were bullied mercilessly on a daily basis. And here's where... Um, I'm going to call some more bullshit on some of the stuff that they have here. You know, this is how I do things, guys. I don't just read through and then talk at the end. I go through bit by pit and I put my two cents in where I want. They would go to teachers. They would go to the administration. They would go to the school counselors, even the school psychiatrist. And none of them would help them. They would just be like, well, try to become friends with them. Try to do this. Try to do that. Find common ground. Make the bullying stop. You know, and you know how I know that none of that shit works? Because I fucking had to try it too. And it didn't do shit. It made it worse. Or here's the other famous one. Oh, well, we'll talk to them and we'll try to get them to stop. Well, every time that you would talk to the person that's bullying me, guess what, motherfucker? It got worse. It didn't get better. So of that 46% of students said that they reported not uh, reported notifying an adult at the school about the incident, I guarantee the conversations with those people from that 46% were really similar to the one that I had. Or the ones really similar to what Eric Harris and Dylan Claybold had. Now, am I glorifying what they did? Absolutely not. What they did was stupid, reckless, and killed innocent people that probably had nothing to do with what was happening to them. The way I understand it, in the videos that I saw that were taken from inside that building showed that they were just unloading. They weren't looking for specific victims. They were just unloading. And it was probably to try to help them hide their true intention for why they were doing what they were doing. Give me two minutes here. I got to go get some water. Okay. I'm not live. I paused the recording. 
But, uh, you know, the 25% of bullying going down, okay, that's great. But that number should be a lot higher than 25%. That's all I'm saying on that. And I've actually spoken to a police officer from the city that I live in because they get phone calls from parents every day, all day, about the fact that the school that their kid goes to did nothing to try to stop their student and their and their child from being bullied. Or they would just get the same thing, we'll talk to the person. Or, you know, uh, we talked to the person, they said it was going to stop. Two weeks later, a fight happens between the two of them. The cops get called. Now both of them are facing assault charges, and that's bullshit. But by doing the things that these schools are doing that they think are helping the situation, they're actually making them worse. Because on top of the fact that it's not going to stop the bullying, it's going to make it worse, they're victim-shaming at that point. Because they're at that point, they're just brushing it off. They're saying, okay, thank you very much, we'll, we'll take a look at it. And then nothing of significance happens. Um, rate, uh, rates of bullying varied across studies from 9 to 98 percent a meta-analysis of 80 studies analyzing bullying involvement rates for both bullying others and being bullied for 12 to 18 year old students reported a mean prevalence of 35 percent for traditional bullying involvement and 15 percent for cyberbullying. one in five 20.9 percent tweens 9 to 12 years old had been cyberbullied, cyberbullied others or seen cyberbullying. 49.8% of tweens said that they experienced bullying at school, and that 14.5% of tweens sh shared that they experienced bullying online. 13% of tweens reported experiencing bullying at school and online, while only 1% reported being solely uh, uh, bullied online. So here's some of the effects of bullying. Students who experience bullying are at risk for depression, anxiety, sleep difficulties, lower academic achievement, and dropping out of school. Everything but the dropping out part. Students who are both targets of bullying and engage in bullying behavior are at greater risk for both mental health and behavioral problems than students who only bully or are bullied <clears throat> bullied students indicate that bullying has a negative effect on how they feel about themselves which is 27 percent their relationships with friends or family i'll put my hand down when i stop feeling when i didn't experience these things 19 percent their schoolwork their physical health and that's everything that they list Students who experienced bullying are twice as likely as non-bullied peers to experience negative health effects such as headache and stomach aches. Hallelujah, I think I just figured out why I am a fucking migraine sufferer. Youth who self-blame and conclude that they deserved to be bullied are more likely to face negative outcomes such as depression, prolonged victimization, and maladjustment. Okay, well, I self-blame, but I don't conclude that I deserved to be bullied. I self-blamed myself, and it was years later, because, again, I was perceiving to be somebody that I truly wasn't. Was I a fan of those things? Yes. 
Do I still wear Metallica t-shirts? Yes. Do I wear Insane Clown Posse t-shirts? Well, not a t-shirt, but every fucking day I have one of their symbols on my skin. You know, but I'm a completely different person today than I was back in high school. Uh, students who. Okay, I, I read that. You okay? Read that. Tweens who were cyberbullied shared that it negatively impacted their feelings about themselves. Yeah, it started for me around that age. Their friendships. Yeah, so sixty nine percent for the um it impacted the feelings about themselves. 31% for friendships, physical health, 13.1%, and schoolwork, 16, uh, 6.5%. Among students aged 12 to 18 who reported being bullied at school, 15% were bullied online or by text. Reports of cyberbullying are highest among middle school students. I believe that. Uh, followed by high school students. And then primary school students. Primary school is elementary school. The percentage of individuals who have experienced cyberbullying at some point in their lifetimes have more than doubled. 18 to 37% from 2007 to 2019. Welcome to the era of Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Snapchat. When students who were asked about the specific types of cyberbullying they had experienced... Uh, mean and hurtful comments were 25%. Rumors spread online, 22%, uh, were the most common cited. The type of cyberbullying tends to differ by gender. Girls were more likely to say someone spread rumors about them online, while boys, boys were more likely to say that someone threatened to hurt them. Those who are cyberbullied are like also likely to be bullied offline. Yeah, think? It's probably the same exact people doing it, like I said, with fake profiles. Um, one in five tweens, 20.9%, have been cyberbullied, cyberbullied others, or seen cyberbullying. 48% said that they experienced bullying at school. 145 shared they experienced bullying online. 13% uh, of tweens who reported experiencing bullying at school and online, while only 1% reported bullying solely online okay why do they put that in for in here twice i just said that nine out of ten tweens use social media or gaming apps tweens shared that they were engaging on the following sites apps or games okay let's see how many of these i've already mentioned youtube minecraft roblox google classroom fortnite tiktok youtube kids snapchat facebook messenger instagram discord facebook and twitch about half. Tweens who were cyberbullied share that it negatively impacted their feelings about themselves. All right, I, I read that too. Uh, tweens reported using a variety of strategies to stop the bullying, including blocking the person bullying them, 60.2%, telling a parent, 50.8%, ignoring the person, 42.8%, reporting it to the website or app, 29.8% and taking a break from the device 29.6 two-thirds of tweens are willing to step in to defend support or assist those being bullied at school and online when they see it that's good that's good that's a step in the right direction 
Barriers to helping when tweens witness bullying at school or online include being afraid of making things worse, not knowing what to do or say, not knowing how to report it, being afraid other kids will make fun of them, being afraid to get hurt, and not knowing who to tell. That is a scary statistic. Because if these schools have these so-called anti-bullying policies in place, none of that should matter. But that just goes to show that the programs that a lot of these schools are using aren't the programs that need to be used or are completely fucking outdated. So I really hope that somebody out there shares this episode with the people who run these schools so that right here in black and white, right there, you see it, it's in the first paragraph. Kids say they don't know how to report this stuff or that they're afraid of retaliation. Which is a lot of times why bullying is still as bad as it is today. Because nobody, while two-thirds said that they would step in and help, the other third or, you know, barriers to helping when they notice the shit is because they don't know who to go to. They don't know who to trust. They don't know who to tell. And that's sad. If this is happening inside school buildings, that paragraph should not exist. These kids should know exactly who to go to and who to tell. That is a scary and sad statistic. And this is all from last year because the school years had just ended and a lot of this information probably hasn't been compiled yet for 2022. Students with specific learning disabilities, autism spectrum disorder, emotional and behavioral disorders, or other health impairments, speech or language impairments, report greater rates of victimization than their peers without disabilities longitudinally, and their victimization remains constant over time. When assessing specific type of disabilities, prevalence rates differ. 35.3% of students with behavioral and emotional disorders, 33.9% with autism. Twenty-four point three percent of students with beha- uh, intellectual disabilities, twenty point eight percent of students with health impairments, and nineteen percent with specific learning disabilities face high vi- vi- levels of bullying victimization. I want to say something about the autism one because some of those kids can't even speak to defend themselves or to report it. Now I'm mad. Researchers discovered that students with disabilities were more worried about school safety and being injured or harassed by other peers compared to students without a disability. 
When reporting bullying, youth in special education were told not to tattle almost twice as often as youth not in special education. Really? Really? Maybe this is why bullying is only down 25% as opposed to 50 or 75 Teachers and peers engaging. Sorry, I skipped something. Successful strategies to prevent bullying among students with disabilities include teachers and peers engaging in meaningful and appropriate social interactions, creating opportunities to increase social competence and positive interactions, Schools adopting appropriate intervention strategies that encourage social awareness and provide individualized interventions for targets with disabilities. Uh, it looks like we're probably only going to make it through this stuff here tonight. Um, so make sure that you bookmark and, and subscribe to the RSS feed for Money's Crazy Mind on my podcast pages so that you can be alerted to when part two of this goes up. I'll make it an audio dump exclusive. 23% of African-American students, 23% of Caucasian students, 16% of Hispanic students, and 7% of Asian students report being bullied at school. More than one-third of adolescents reporting bullying report bias-based school bullying. Bias-based bullying is more strong strongly associated with compromised health than general bullying. Race-related bullying is specifically associated with negative emotions and physical health effects. Um, LGBTQ, 70.1% of LGBTQ students were verbally abused in the last year because of their sexual orientation and 59.1% because of their gender expression. 53.2% based on gender alone. But these supposed programs work. 28.9% of LGBTQ students were physically physically bullied in the past year because of their sexual orientation, 24.4 because of their gender expression, 22.8 based on gender alone. 48.7 of LGBTQ students experienced cyberbullying in the past year. uh, 59.5% of students feel unsafe because of their sexual orientation. 44.6% because of uh, gender expression. And 35% based solely on their gender. 34.8% of LGBTQ students missed at least one entire day at school in the past month because they felt unsafe or comfortable. And 10.5 missed four or more days in the past month. Of the LGBTQ students who reported they were considered dropping out of school, 42.2 indicated they were doing so because of the harassment they faced at school. But these programs work. Compared to LGBTQ students with no supportive school staff, 
Students with as many, 11 or more, supportive staff at school were less likely to miss school because they felt unsafe. Uh, 20.1% to 48.8% and felt greater belonging to their school community. LGBTQ students expressed a safe, more positive school environment when their school had a bullying prevention or anti-harassment policy that specifically included protections on sexual orientation and gender identity or expression. Okay, so you put these plans into place, but you specifically leave out certain parts? Peer victimization of all youth was less likely to occur in schools with bullying policies that are inclusive of LGBTQ students. I'll express myself on that one already. Bullying and suicide. There is a strong association between bullying and suicide-related behaviors. This relationship is often mediated by other factors, including depression, violent behavior, and substance abuse. I would agree with that. Students who report frequently bullying others and students who report being bullied, uh, being frequently bullied are at an increased risk for suicide-related behavior. Why are the bullies suicidal? Maybe because once they're finally called out or maybe they see what their bullying did to somebody and caused them to commit suicide, maybe then they finally feel guilty. But then half the time, I've heard stories that even at that point, the bullies don't feel guilty. The book and the TV show 13 Reasons Why exists for a reason. And I don't agree with the fact that they censored out the suicide scene at the end of season one because it made parents feel uncomfortable. That's why it exists. It made it real for people who maybe have never experienced anything like that before. It made it real and you whined and bitched. Was it too real? Maybe then you'll put down the fucking iPhone and pay attention to your fucking kids when it's staring you in the face. A meta-analysis found that students facing peer victimization are 2.2 times more likely to have a suicide ideation and 2.6 times more likely to attempt suicide than students not facing victimization. Students who are both bullied and engage in bullying behavior are at the highest risk group for the adverse outcomes. The false notion that suicide is a natural response to being bullied has the dangerous potential to normalize the response and thus create copycat behavior among youth. All right, well... You're saying that it's a false notion that suicide is a natural response to being bullied, but yet then you say that students that are being bullied or are being bullies have a higher risk of being suicidal. So it does seem like it, in, in a lot of ways it might be a natural outcome. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that's bullied or everybody that has bullied somebody commits suicide. Obviously, I'm an example of that. But if you're going to sit there and say that those people have a higher tendency of doing these kinds of behaviors, then obviously it is a natural response in some way. Interventions. 
bullied youth were more likely to report that action had accessed actions that that access support from others made a positive difference. Actions aimed at changing the behavior of the bullying youth, fighting, getting back at them, telling them to stop, were rated as more likely to make things worse. Duh! Students reported that the most helpful things teachers can do are listen to the students! I'll say that a little bit quieter because I saw my light kick on for too much noise. Listen to the students. Check in with them afterwards to see if the bullying has stopped and give the student advice. Students reported that the most harmful things teachers can do are tell the student to solve the problem themselves, which happens quite a bit. Tell the student that bullying wouldn't happen if they acted differently. Gee, I heard that quite a bit. Ignored what was going on. Mm -hmm. Yep, daily basis. Or tell the student to stop tattling. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The students are telling you the things that work. But yet it seems like, and I'm hearing this a lot, and I and like I said, I spoke to a police officer about this, and they, they confirmed all of this, that all these things that were uh, in the things that teachers not to do are the things that the teachers in the administration are still doing. As reported by students who have been bullied, the self-actions that had some of the most negative impacts telling the person to stop, how I feel, walking away, pretending it doesn't bother them, are often used by youth and often recommended to youth. Yeah, that shit don't work. It makes it worse. Tweens that reported using a variety of strategies to stop bullying, including blocking the person bullying them, telling a parent, uh, blocking the person that bullying them 60.2%, telling a parent 50.8%, ignoring the person 42.8%, and reporting it to the website or app 29 and taking a break from the device. Okay, so we talked about that already, and I gave that statistic already, but I gave it again. Bystanders are students who are uh, need not to be targets of the bullying to express negative outcomes. Observing bullying is associated with the adverse mental health outcomes. Yeah, all you little bastards that film the shit and put it on Facebook, you ain't helping. You're re-victimizing a victim. Bystanders' beliefs in the social self-efficiency were positively associated with the defending behavior and negatively associated with passive behavior from bystanders. If students believe they can make a difference, they're more likely to act. Students who experience bullying report that allying and supportive actions from their peers, such as spending time with the student, taking talking to him, her, uh, helping him, her get away, or giving advice were the most helpful actions from bystanders. There you go. Students who experienced bullying are more likely to find peer actions helpful than educator or self-actions. Gee, I wonder why. The Youth Voice Research Project
found that victimizing students reported the following bystander strategies that made things better. Spent time with me, 54%. Talked to me, 51%. Helped me get away, 49%. Called me, 47%. Gave me advice, 46%. Helped me tell, 44%. Distracted me, 43%. Listened to me, 41%. Told an adult, 35%. Confronted them, 29%. Asked them to stop. Even students who have observed but not participated in bullying behavior reported significantly more feelings of helplessness and less sense of connectedness and support from responsible adults than students who have not witnessed bullying behavior. Two-thirds of tweens are willing to step in and to defend, support, and assist. Yeah, we talked about that. All right, so... We're not going to get into the laws and the new Senate bill uh, tonight. Um, We will get into that um, on a exclusive audio dump. So like I said, make sure you subscribe to the RSS feed from Anchor or check out the uh, PodPage website, podpage.com forward slash money's crazy mind, or I'm sorry, forward slash money's dash crazy dash mind for when that drops and we will put this into an audio dump. I want to stop there because I want to tell a story. And this is when I became a fan of Marilyn Manson. And then we'll get into final thought. And I got a couple of other things to, to mention here real quick. And then we will um, end the show for this week. Um, I became a fan of Marilyn Manson because when I was in high school, I did a report for my sociology class on subcultures because I was, like I said, I was becoming a juggalo um, and obviously I belonged to the hard rock heavy metal scene and things like that. And I was, you know, bullied because of it. And I experienced a lot of the things that a lot of those people involved in that um, went through. So I rented Bowling for Columbine, or I had my mom rent me Bowling for Columbine because it was rated R. And I watched it. And near the end of the movie, um, Michael Moore had, you know, was just like, well, the guy being blamed for all this is Marilyn Manson. So I wanted to sit down and talk to Manson. So we met him at his concert in Denver and sat down and talked to him. And out of everybody that he spoke to, you know, teachers, uh, parents, um, and even like the CNN news clips and stuff that they showed during this documentary, the only person to me that made any sense was Marilyn Manson. And here's what Manson had to say. The media is going to sit there and make a boogeyman out of whatever they possibly can. They're going to sit there and they're going to tell you about the murders on the news, all the other negative things that happened. And then they're going to cut to commercial and you got to buy the Lexus or the girls ain't going to date you buy the Colgate or they're not going to kiss you. You got to buy this or they're not going to fuck you. And so then Michael Moore stopped when he said, well, what would you have done differently? And he goes, I would have done the one thing that nobody else in this situation bothered to do. And that's listen to what these kids had to talk about. And that resonated with me. So then I went back and I started listening to Manson's music. 
yeah, you know, the character's there, the character that he's been his, since his entire career, this Antichrist superstar character and all of that. But if you listen to a lot of his music, it's more political than it is anything. He throws in a couple of scary songs here and there because he's got to scare the people. You know, he's got a reputation to, to uphold. But that's the day I became a fan of Marilyn Manson. Because out of everybody that was spoken to about the situation at the Columbine High School, the only person who made any sense was the guy that they were trying to blame for it. So what's my final thought on bullying? Obviously the numbers are there that bullying is, it's around. It's still very prevalent. And you can see the people that are most likely to be targeted, which is why I said share this with an individual at a school or a parent or hell. I know I use dirty words, but what, you know, what harm would that do to sit there and show this to a kid who's been bullied or being bullied and just be like, look at this. This guy went through exactly what you went through and he made it through. Okay. And now he hosts a podcast, a radio show. And he runs a radio station. So, you know, you can be okay too. And hell, if you want to have your kids message the Redline Radio page on Facebook and say, I just need somebody to talk to, I'll be that advocate. Because I've been where they are. And because of that, I'm asking the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters to start a new campaign. In conjunction with the Parma Police, Parma City Police, and the Seven Hills City Police, called Bully Busters. And we'll go to schools and we'll talk to these kids. And we'll use the information that's in this information that I have right here, not only to educate the kids, but to educate the teachers and the administration of these schools as well. We'll even go to school board meetings and we'll tell them. This is what works. This is what the students are telling everybody that works. Change your bullying campaigns to believe the science, not to believe the hype. Because I think hearing it from people that have been there before has a bigger impact on fixing the problem. So please... Leave comments on the show. Leave them on the Money's Crazy Mind podcast Facebook page. You can even respond and leave comments on my anchor page, and I will see them all. And like I said, we will talk about, you know, do the laws go far enough to prevent bullying in schools and the new Senate bill that was proposed at the beginning of last year in an audio dump exclusive um, sometime this weekend. And... Did you catch the hints during the first half of the show? The hints were Broken Bean and Scarred, Saint Anger, and I revealed the name of a band. Money's Crazy Soundtrack next week is bringing back Hit the Lights Artist Spotlight for one of the greatest and most celebrated hard rock heavy metal bands of all time, Metallica. 
And obviously Metallica's been around for 40 plus years. So we obviously can't fit it into one episode of Money's Crazy Soundtrack. So this week is part one. We're going to give you Kill Em All through Reload. Next week will be part two. And we will give you S&M to S&M 2. So what we're also going to do with this is we're going to talk about the history of the band in between the music, which is why it's going to take two episodes. Just kind of like what we did with Ray Parker Jr., we're going to do that with Metallica as well. And we're going to we're playing not a lot of hits here, guys. Everybody knows the hits. Everybody knows the most popular songs by Metallica. No, 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 no. I want to give deep cuts and maybe even songs that people may have never heard before by Metallica. So that's what we're doing with this artist spotlight. Like I said, we're doing it for their entire 40-plus year career. So that's 10 to midnight over on RedlineRadioLLC.com. And the Redline Radio Android. All right, guys. Well, Nurse Ratchet has called me into her office, so I'm going to jump off of here. Thank you, everybody, for checking out Money's Crazy Mind this week. I will be back live in studio next week. I'm, you know, uh, I'm out of town this weekend. That's the only reason why the show is pre-recorded. But we'll be back live in studio next week. Thank you, everybody, again. And as always, like I always say at the end of all these shows, make sure you guys have a week and we will be back Thursday night in the asylum for money's crazy soundtrack spotlighting Metallica until next week guys see ya money's crazy mind is proud to be a redline promotions and nameless faceless production That's all, folks.